All right, welcome back to the show. Let's talk now about the overdose death crisis and what is driving it. In the month of May, British Columbia recorded 170 illicit drug overdose deaths, the highest monthly total ever recorded in this province. That's average about 5.5 overdose deaths a day. It's a 93% spike over the same number of deaths in the same month the year before. It's a 44% increase over the previous month this year. What is causing this spike in overdose deaths in our province and also across Canada? Well, it's got to be the COVID-19 pandemic, right? I mean, people are sheltering in their homes. They're using drugs alone. Uh, people are having, are, are, there's a, with the border restrictions on, on dr- the drug supply, there is more toxic supply of drugs on the street, we're told. But think about this. What about all the money that's flowing into neighborhoods like the downtown east side, like the CERB, $2,000 a month? Does that money present a temptation for struggling users to spend that money on drugs and overdose during this pandemic? Let's talk about that now with my guest, Terry Lake. He's a former health minister in British Columbia. He was part of the previous liberal government that declared the opioid crisis a public health emergency. I'm very pleased to welcome him. Hi. Good morning, Mike. Right, thanks a lot. I, I remember when you were health minister, when we first started experiencing a lot of the problems with opioids and the health crisis that your government uh, declared a, a public health emergency. L- l- give me your thoughts on the, the overdose numbers that we're seeing right now. I mean, this is tragic. I mean, this is just heartbreaking, the number of deaths we're seeing. What do you think is driving it? Well, first of all, it is uh, absolutely tragic. And, you know, uh, as Dr. Henry has indicated, every person who's died, uh, you know, was someone's uh, son, a brother, father, uh, daughter, sister. And, you know, it's just heartbreaking to see these numbers climbing when we had made significant progress uh, with a steady decline in the number of people dying from opioid overdoses. So you mentioned some of the drivers, uh, you know, the the supply chain of, of drugs has been interrupted because of the border restrictions. And just like any other uh, supply chain, it changes the mix of the product, and the the drugs are more toxic, uh, and you know the higher concentration of fentanyl, more benzodiazepines mixed in, which don't respond to naloxone. People using alone, all of those are huge factors, and probably very much driving the increase. Uh, and it's not perhaps popular to say that the increase in money in the system may be a factor as well. And talking to uh, harm reduction and housing providers in the interior of BC, they've had firsthand experience with this, where their vulnerable clients all of a sudden have a lot of money and often have been encouraged to apply for CERB, even though they may not qualify, by those willing uh, and, and wanting to sell them illicit drugs. And so we know when we have check issue day, for instance, for income assistance, that we tend to get an increase in overdose deaths, or at least overdoses. Um, and so there's a lot of speculation that this may be fueling the increase in, uh, in toxic uh, drug use and leading to overdose deaths. Okay, you're not the only one who is making this connection. I have talked to some frontline healthcare workers who have, have seen the damage up close from opioid addiction and drug overdoses, uh, putting together, connecting the same dots and saying that when people have got this money in their hands, if they're desperately addicted, uh, they will they will spend on, on, on these dangerous drugs. And there may be situations where, like you said, there could be drug dealers encouraging people to uh, apply for this money, even though they may not qualify for the CERB. But we know that this is, an e- this is easy money to get, it appears. 
Do, do you think, yeah. I mean, do you believe that? Do you think that's going on, that, p- that people are being encouraged to get this money to spend on drugs when they, they don't even maybe qualify for the program? Well, I absolutely know that it's going on. Um, you know, and, and some people have been able to take that infusion of, of cash and use it to lift themselves up and uh, right. get on a better path. And so I don't want to, um, you know, get, make the case that everyone is taking advantage and, and, and buying more drugs. Some people are, this has really helped a lot of people. And there's no question that we, we should be providing more supports to people before the pandemic, uh, you know, just as a, as a part of our policy uh, to help lift people out of poverty. So that's not a question. It's the rapid influx of money without the mitigation measures there to, you know, more social workers, more people helping those that are vulnerable deal with this kind of situation. So, you know, we can't stick our heads in the sand and, and, and pretend that it may be a, it may not be a factor. We have to consider all of these things. And let's take some bold steps. You know, we're taking super bold steps for the COVID-19 pandemic, which has uh, taken about 165, 170 lives in British Columbia. But in one month alone, we saw that many people die from drug overdoses, and we're not being bold enough uh, to take more measures that will help people. What do you think should be done? I mean, when it comes to the CERB money that may be partially driving this, I mean, do you think the government should be cutting people off from this money? Uh, well, I think already we're seeing, you know, tighter uh, regulation around applying for CERB. The CRA is, you know, starting to become more active in that regard. But I think, um, you know, uh, housing providers and uh, harm reduction providers need to be um, counseling people about uh, CERB. And so that that's one factor. But, I mean, I think we need much, much older measures, Mike. We need to yeah. have... Um, we need to decriminalize the the use of small amounts of, of uh, illicit drugs so that people don't have the stigma uh, associated with drug use that they will then reach out uh, for services much more readily than they do today. Perhaps uh, it will make life a lot safer for people if they don't worry about uh, being criminalized. Uh, we need to provide more uh, safe supply of, uh, of, of opioids for people that that are addicted to to, uh, opioids. And, you know, we're seeing that a little bit in British Columbia, but we can take much larger steps. We've listened to Dr. Henry uh, so closely when she's talked about all the things we need to do to combat COVID-19. But she's also said we need to decriminalize the use of uh, small amounts of of illicit drugs. And so why aren't we listening to her there as well? Okay, when you talk about decriminalizing the possession of these drugs, are you talking about all drugs, so heroin, fentanyl? Like, if you possess small amounts of these drugs, that should not be a crime? Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely, yeah. all drugs. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying make them legal like cannabis. I'm saying let's decriminalize it so that um, people will access services without stigma. Um, you know, the, the sort of greatest threat to a person's health is, is ending up in jail. Uh, they're less likely to access services. They are less likely to have uh, success finding a job afterwards. Um, let's take a different approach. And, you know, the federal government, I've broached this with the prime minister, and they're not ready to do that. But there has been lots of positive signals that say that, why don't we try this in British Columbia? Uh, but the premier and, and the government so far hasn't been willing to take that step. But, you know, with with drug deaths going up so quickly, 
Um, why not take that step? What have we got to lose? Okay. Speaking to former BC Health Minister Terry Lake, when you talk about a, a safe drug supply, so there's been talk about, okay, people are going to use anyway, the drugs that are available on the street are poison and killing people, so we should allow people to have access to what? Prescription heroin, pharmaceutical grade drugs? Is, is that your proposal? Does, what about the, the argument that that's enabling people and you're addicting even more people when you do that? Well, that's, um, you know, it's a zombie argument because, you know, I don't know anyone that wakes up in the morning and says, you know, uh, my life goal is to become uh, addicted to, uh, to substances. People find themselves uh, with problematic substance use for a number of different reasons, but we know childhood trauma is big, poverty is big, uh, genetics plays a role, of course, uh, mental health plays a role, but you don't find that once harm reduction services are provided that people use more drugs. Um, they, they are, people use opioids, for instance, not really to get high uh, as much as they do to not get sick. If you have experienced uh, withdrawal from opioids, it's a terrible, terrible situation for people physically. And so they're, they're going out to get drugs so that they don't feel sick. So let's give them a safe supply uh, that will help them reduce their illicit drug uh, use. It, it may not eliminate it, eliminate it completely, but it will reduce it perhaps. It will connect them to service providers so that maybe the 10th time uh, that they try uh, getting on a better path, they're, they're successful. So, you know, people say that, you know, we can't do this. It's giving giving people, uh, you know, this, this poison, if you like. Um, I don't understand why people think it will affect their lives. If they don't have problematic substance use, how does it affect their life if we give people a safe supply about, so that we can help them? What about treatment and recovery, which I think is underemphasized sometimes? I, I just imagine, I picture a parent maybe of, of, a, of a child who's become addicted to opioids and they're desperate, they're looking for help. Do you want the government to say to you, it's okay, we're going to make sure they get safe drugs? Or do you want to hear that your child is going to be put into treatment so that that person can kick this, ha kick this addiction and recover from drug addiction? Shouldn't we be doing more on that?